0: Gladius, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the Helming Power Hour. <laughs>
1: Welcome back to the Hail Ming Power Hour, the podcast that brings you the movies that you need to know about in life. And so we have a selection for you today that is every bit as stellar as any movie about magicians trying to make the world a better place that I can think of whatsoever. And as always, I have my co-host with me here, Mark Allison. How's it going, Mark?
2: It's good to be back here on Hail Ming where we are going to bring you some of the finest movies about magic and life and love
1: and time travel. And fantastic hair. But before we do that, we're going to have to take a break. And when we come back from that break, we will be ready to embark on this journey with you, the listener, who we are always thankful for. So, buckle up and get ready. We'll be back in a minute. Yeah.
2: Hail Ming Power Hour is brought to you by Galaxy Glue. What would we do without our Galaxy Glue? And loyal subjects of Mongo like you. Hail Ming!
1: Alright, and we're back. And uh, we are ready to go to the time of the movie that we're covering. But and as you know, the only way to do that is with the time machine.
2: And in order to pay for that time machine, because it does take upkeep, we are going to bring you some fine sponsors here that we are very proud of. Danny, you got a sponsor?
1: I do, as a matter of fact. I've I've got this one right here from uh, Moderators Association of America. Um, They are selling a product that makes it easier to moderate your forums, web boards, and social media pages. It is called uh, the Moderator Exclusive banhammer if you have anyone who's causing you trouble or creating arguments and problems with content you can hit them with the patented banhammer for life
2: i think we all need a (laughs) banhammer
1: yeah yeah absolutely although i would never ban any of you
2: (laughs) and my first sponsor this week is comes to you from the multi-dollar store everything in the store is one dollar or more
1: Nice, nice. That sounds like a place to shop if you are just strapped for cash, or maybe if you have a lot. Either way. Um, my next sponsor that I found here is uh, is the Olive Beef Patties of the Dark Side Hamburgers. Um, together, you can rule the dinner as burger and bun. <laughs> well,
2: that got me hungry. I don't know about you. And when you're hungry and you want something to eat but you also want to get drunk, and you can't really decide whether or not you want food or liquor, well, try Flickr
1: for when you just can't decide. Oh, nice. Nice. It, it's for the undecisive people that might also be hungry. Well, now that we've got the sponsors out of the way, and we encourage you to go check out all their mini products, um, we are ready to go to the time of the movie Bewitched.
2: Not, no, 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 not Bewitched, no. No, I
1: meant the movie Bewitched, not not the movie Bewitched. Oh, okay, that's that's a lot better.
2: We would, no, we would not do that to you here. We are doing the movie Warlock, starring Mr. Julian Sands. And we have a brief synopsis for that movie coming up right now.
0: I am he of empty crib and stillborn foe. I am he whose coming the stars hath foretold. I am he with heart forged by blackest coal. I am he who makest hold the glorious goal of Satan's unborn soul. All
1: right. I feel like I saw the movie all over again after that wonderful synopsis of the movie.
2: And that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in.
1: <laughs> oh, no, no, not at all. Because... We have to get into the time machine now. Yes, what I meant to say was. Hail, Ming. Nice. <laughs> so, now it's time to get in that time machine. Time killers, engage! Man, this smooth action on everything. You got that great chicken taken care of us. Thanks, Supercluck. Really appreciate you. Our getting a little rough, though. <laughs> it does around this point of view. <laughs> Sorry, so here we are in 1989, when uh, the movie Warlock is... Uh, is it Warlock? Yeah, um,
2: we're at the well, theater no, here, but it says coming soon. Coming soon. What's up? What a oh, the girls it, it's
1: released the in Europe right born, now, but I guess song, not America. No name, Chuck, Dang America. it. Sorry, I didn't do my so due diligence so here old, and yeah, actually find out when it's. Alright, I guess it's time to get back in the time Let's machine. Get in the
2: time machine. Time killers, engage!
1: He's alright. He's a chicken. Oh. This part, man. Okay, here we are in nineteen ninety one. Nineteen ninety one, look look at that poster, Julian Sands. Such great hair. So, Mark, what is your first reason to watch the fantasy horror thriller warlock my first reason
2: will have to be the hero of the story giles renford Uh, played by richard e grant who you might recognize from pretty much everything he's a wonderful actor was best thing in hudson hawk which i don't care what anybody says i love that movie
1: Oh yeah, Hudson Hawk, man. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's fantastic in that. Uh,
2: in this, he plays a a witch hunter that has tracked down the uh, the warlock and brought him to justice in his own time period. But then, when the warlock escapes his cell, he travels through time to 1988, or 89, or 91. We're still a little foggy on that one. But he follows him through the time portal, and tracks him down
1: again. This man is determined. Yeah, like, if you've wa- if you played the Witcher games or if you've watched the new Witcher show that's coming out, which you probably haven't because I don't think it's come out yet, but, like, yeah, th- this is kind of the thing. It's, it's the warlock, and he's tracked him through, and the warlock's a bad dude, and he's kind of the Witcher. Um, so my first reason is the, uh, is the time trope. You know, it's the whole... Now, in the late 80s, early 90s, they did this with He-Man. They did it with uh, with Beastmaster 2. Not good movies, but it was something they just wanted to do. They, they were like, what if we took these guys and we put them in current day? It would be crazy. We'd have to explain to them what a escalator is. It would be funny. And that way, we don't have to pay for sets. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. No, it couldn't have been that. It was all creativity. Oh,
2: yeah, that's what I meant. I meant... We, we don't have to pay
1: for sets. <laughs> but, you know, as it took place in a time-traveling thing, it take, takes place in the 1690s, and they're about to kill the warlock because he's a bad warlock. He's killed a bunch of people, and they've got him captured and locked up. And uh, one of the uh, quotes that I've got here actually comes from that first segment where they're in a very drab, uh, puritanical village and uh, they're, they're going by and, and they're explaining to the warlock how they're going to kill him and it goes like so, something like this
0: confession may better your chances in the hereafter it is doubtful but
2: it may by some twist of fate
0: a wealth of evidence has convicted thee of trafficking with a devil thou art to be hanged and then burnt over a basket of
2: living cats
1: yeah
2: uh keep in mind these are the good guys, people.
1: That's how that goes down. I mean, and it doesn't sound like a very savory way to go. But then again, at the Warlock, unlike some of the thoughts about, you know, um, natural witches and, and things today, I mean, this dude is a straight-up villain. He's a bad dude. And throughout the movie, you really get to realize just what a monster he is. What's your next reason to watch this gem of a movie, Mark? It
2: would have to be how they keep the Warlock prisoner, and that's by chaining his thumbs to his toes. I mean, if you want somebody to stay in one place, I can't think of a better way.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, you know, just to close this out, my next reason that takes place back in the past, uh, I agree, you get your, if you have your thumbs clamped to your toes, what what do you not want to happen? Well, you don't want Giles Redfern to come over and kick you in the face because then you're like hanging upside down like you're in some kind of cut-rate sex swing and uh, and you're hanging upside down and he's over there lording over you with his big old rabbit fur coat and his, his scowl and his holier-than-thou attitude.
2: When he did kick him and knock him backwards for half a second there, it kind of felt like Ninja 3 when uh, they were doing the Ninja Exorcism and she was spinning on the rope there. I was just like, that is awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think Canon Films actually sued and won the rights to put out Warlock 6 through the portal of crap and, uh, <laughs> and you know, it's coming soon to a theater near you in either uh, 2018 or maybe 2021.
2: Because we are all about the time travel here at Hail Ming. Speaking of Hail Ming.
1: Hail Ming. Okay, so
2: my next reason for watching Warlock would have to be the Witch Compass you're trying to track down a witch, there ain't no better way than with a witch compass.
1: That's true. The, the witch compass is, you know, I love the whole salted whip, the witch compass, uh, the, the thumb cuffs, the, the flame turning blue. There are all these ancient esoteric methods of determining when the evil magic of the warlock is present, and I love it. But we wouldn't have any of this without a warning from the newscaster uh, as the as the time travel occurs, and there's a storm that brews, they come to the future, and and uh, you know, in order to bring you in, they've got a newscaster who's saying, "This wind has knocked out power lines and done this and that, and well, it it goes a little something like this."
0: down in the Malibu area, but that's as yet unconfirmed. What is certain is that this Santa Ana condition, unpredicted by forecasters, is quickly living up to its namesake of The Devil's Wind. Now back
2: The
1: Devil's Wind.
2: I had that after I ate a Del Taco that time. And... Oh
1: yeah, yeah. That was definitely The Devil's Wind. hey I'd
2: have to say the next reason to watch this movie, and we kind of danced around it so far, but... actual warlock he is a vile scary antagonist for this movie because i mean as danny pointed out while we were talking about it he could just kill you at any point but he doesn't want to just kill you
1: he wants to torture you he wants to be cruel and that's what makes him so scary well and unlike something like rawhead rex or or pumpkin head you know who's coming to kill you they're going to do it however they can. They're going to do it with no style whatsoever. First of all, you know, the warlock doesn't care about people. You know, he, he doesn't, he's got no humanity whatsoever. And the second thing is he is a, a monster wrapped in a candy package. You know, you, you see him come in and he's, he's got his pretty blonde hair and a ribbon. And he's, he, he has a, a penchant for jewelry. And, and then he goes and he kills somebody. But he doesn't just kill him. He chops off a guy's finger. And takes his ring because it wouldn't come off because the knuckle is broken or whatever. And, the, and then he and then he proceeds to chew the guy's tongue out. I mean, he could have just killed him. Uh, the guy was at his mercy. So again, th- this guy's a monster, but he's uh, you know he doesn't look it. So people are disarmed by his charm first. My next reason for watching Warlock is the fake spiritualist scene. <laughs> There's this fake spiritualist who you know summons uh, he she channels spirits and he comes in and says you know channel a spirit for me and of course you know his whole end game is to, to speak to the dark one and he even gives her a hint by saying you know well my father has many names one of them is Zamil and she she, you know being a, uh, a, a hoax you know she's a fake you know she goes in and does a, a you know a, uh, a medium summoning for him and then uh, finds herself on the wrong end of that stick because uh yeah she really gets possessed
2: that really is a great scene where uh, trying to uh, figure out why he's in this time period he's pretty much just shown up and he's trying to get some guidance so he goes to this uh, person to ask for them to channel a spirit for, uh, for him and she's she's like you're saying he's a monster in a pretty package she's kind of taken back by his good looks and so she's not thinking much of uh, anything bad going to happen here. It's got a great line in it where they're, she's pretending to channel the spirit, and then he calls her out on it. It sounds something like this.
0: You are a spiritualist. I'm sorry, I thought everybody left. You hail spirits, do you not? I channel them. Were you, uh, at the session? Then channel me a spirit. Well, I really only, uh, do group, group sessions. Group sessions. Channel me a spirit. Who did you have in mind, um, like a relative? Like a father. What's his name? He has many. i need one. Zemiel. Zemiel. that we wait for what do we wait for the true Zemiel to appear I am Zemiel and only when you have cast aside all doubts will you be able to ask me (sighs) able
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's a good time, and you know it's funny that um, you don't hear as much about Mary Warnoff, who was the channeler in this, but uh, she's just a seminal talent. She's been in, um, she was in uh, Transformers: uh, Age of Solus. She was in, uh, she was in uh, the Capricorn the movie. Uh, she was also in uh, Western Kickboxer, the story of a man's uh, relentless. Uh, pursuit to make the Panama Canal. Hail No, of course not. But my next reason for watching the movie, uh, beyond the Chandler scene, is Giles smacks Cassandra. I mean, I'm not into all that, you know, uh, but it's just a great scene because he comes from a time where it's a lot more male-driven and uh, she's kind of freaking out and, you know, a la Airplane. And she starts screaming and he's, he's trying to get some answers from her so he can track down this, this diabolical killer, uh, you know, literally diabolical, and he he just gives her a smack to, you know, bring her down to earth. And it, I admit, making it a reason to watch the movie may seem a little rough, but when you see it, you'll, you'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, this, that was totally appropriate.
2: Well, up to this point here, you really don't know much about uh, Redford, and he does in fact everybody does kind of come off like a jerk at the beginning where you know they're we're doing this work for god which means we're going to kill a bunch of innocent cats and we're going to smack some people around who we just met it's so they're the good guys but they don't really seem like it at first but the more you get to know the warlock you're like oh yeah in comparison these people are saints
1: Right, right. They were doing what had to be done to protect the people from this. You know, like I said, he's diabolical. He is working for the devil, specifically. And as a matter of fact, I think uh, when he's working for the devil, he's got a couple of choice words for him. Uh, right, Mark? Oh, yeah. This During that uh, seance scene we were
2: talking about, he, uh, he's starts asking the, he starts asking the devil, well, if I do stuff for you, what are you going to do for me? Which is just... It's gutsy to stand in the face of pure evil and say,
1: well, this is about me, not you. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. And I mean, but it also proves that he's a good disciple of, you know, the devil because he's in it for personal gain. He's not in it for any kind of venerance or or respect. He's in it because he knows he can get power. And if he doesn't think he can get power uh, the way he's going, then he's going to just stop doing the devil's bidding and do his own. That's that's the kind of guy he is. We got a quick clip of that and we're gonna play that for you right now.
0: How comes it that you have brought me here? Bring
2: together that which has been
0: Bring together my people. A grand grimoire. Here, now.
1: By a resourceful witch.
0: It could be... retaken. My efforts, how might they be rewarded?
1: Service to Satan
0: is reward. For others, surely. But for that most cunning witch who steals back your Bible, the book that can thwart creation itself, what for him? (laughs) Do Do what I demand. Bring Bring together... (laughs) All three parts, and and you you shall be him. Him. The one begotten son. It shall be me. Let my my eyes die.
1: The next reason that I've got to watch is... Uh, I've got, a, I've got a, uh, a clip right here of it. It's, it's, the old, uh, it's the old who's on first kind of thing where they're talking about the witch compass and she's saying, witch compass? And he's saying, witch compass. And uh, it, after this scene, though, I'm just going to say it, it goes into a thing where he's set up the witch compass. She expects it to work. It doesn't. So she thinks he's a loony. And then he gets uh, caught by the police and, and it sets up for the witch compass to work later and to tip her off that the witch is back. So I think it's a it's a pretty cool little scene altogether. It goes like this.
0: Now, Brute, one last time will we play the game out. What is it? Please do not even breathe on it. Some kind of compass? Witch compass. This one here. What of it? What is it?
1: As I say, it is a witch compass.
0: Oh, you mean witch, not witch. Like Samantha Tabitha, witch. Like the warlock.
2: That's why I said earlier that the witch compass is a reason to watch this movie because it really does pay off throughout the film.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a great little because they're tracking the warlock, and you know, it's it's a it's a pivotal method that they use. I think it's a it's pretty cool, and <clears throat> you know, so yeah, I think it's a great scene too. It's just. I really can't talk about the the way they put this movie together. Some of the dialogue isn't so great, and the music's a little tedious. I'll just say it, no matter who did it, music's a little tedious. But the movie's pretty well put together. It's got a lot of neat little tricks in it, and the characters, although are a little overdone, there's it's still it still holds up. It's still kind of fun.
2: So the next reason to watch this movie would have to be cursing. And no, we don't mean foul language. We mean that the warlock is putting curses on people. One of uh, Cassandra with a K, because we know it's Cassandra with a K because she keeps saying it over and over and over again. Yeah, it's kind of a thing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We know one of her big fears is growing old. It's kind of set up in a goofy kind of way early. When the uh, warlock's got her... Trapped and down, he decides to put a curse on her to make her grow older, and it sounds something like this.
1: Just kidding. I mean, that's just how the kids feel about growing old. Go something like this.
0: (sighs) Tout, tout, through and about, your callow life in dismay. Rentum, osculum, tormentum. A decade, twice over a day.
1: Yeah, you know these these curses. They really, they really piss people off. And as a matter of fact, you know, we we got a hold of some of the audio that was going on while they were filming these scenes, and just the the reaction from people is, is striking.
2: Also, had uh, one more reaction here. This was from the hairstylist of Julian Sands.
1: Ah, of course my next reason to watch the movie is don't tase me bro <laughs> because Giles Redfern comes out you know he thinks oh I've come to this strange land there are cop cars with lights on top I don't even know what a car is what's going on and he, he, he unfurls his whip because he uses a salted leather whip to attack his enemy the warlock and uh, and whips at some cops and they tase him right there and uh, and take him out down for the count. Giles Redfern versus Taser. First point, Taser. That's muggle magic, people. Muggle magic.
2: So I would have to say the next reason to watch this movie is when Cassandra with a K, because again, that's a thing. That's a thing. (laughs) She, uh, when she wakes up, from her curse, and she's 20 years older. He, uh, they. Uh, she's trying to figure out how is it that he put this curse on her. And Giles explains that he had to have taken something from you that was small and very personal to you. And she realizes my charm bracelet is missing, which I love because her small, very personal, meaningful object to her apparently came from a thrift store which i just love.
1: Yeah, yeah, i mean it. And actually he's he's eyeballing everybody's jewelry. The the warlock is. They um when he blows in the devil's wind from the past to the future, he ends up in these people's houses. Uh, that's that's how Cassandra and her roommate end up meeting him. Uh, he blows through their window, and uh, they they kind of help nurse him back to health. And he wakes up in the morning. And he's eyeballing her stuff, and he sees the newspaper. Is this really the date? Blah! Um, and then uh, while she's gone, he you know chops up her boy, her uh, her uh, roommate, and to take a ring off of his hand. Um, it's it's really just kind of a it's kind of a thing. Like he was looking at the charm bracelet early on. Uh, He was going to take it then, and she just kind of snatched it back from him and took off for work. Uh, I don't know what I'm getting at here other than I hadn't mentioned before how he got to these people. Um, So my next reason, after all that, is let my eyes guide you. Uh, After the the medium channels the devil, he says, let my eyes guide you. So again, the warlock, not giving a flyer a flip for anybody just uh, carves out the eyeballs of the the lady who was uh, possessed by the devil a minute ago to take her eyes to guide him to where the grand grimoire, the devil's bible, is being held in three pieces so that he can bring it back and uncreate creation. The next reason to watch this movie is one we had been
2: uh, kind of going over a little bit here, which is the grand grimoire. The, uh, the devil's bible is uh, stated that uh, all witches carry a grimoire, but there's only one that is indestructible and carries a secret, uh, the secret name of God, that can undo all of creation. They're finding pages of this Bible throughout the journey uh, as the warlocks bringing them together, and at this point we find out the terrible, terrible secret that all these pages contain the script for Warlock 2, The Armageddon.
1: Hail Ming. You got me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Although I was really surprised to see at the end of... Uh, you know, I wasn't surprised to see at the end of this movie that the uh, the actual name of God is Annie Lennox. I, I, it's okay as long as I don't say it backward, right?
2: Uh, yeah, it makes sense there when you think about it. And yeah, don't say it backwards because not only will it undo all of creation, it will send Annie Lennox back to the fifth dimension where um, she will live as an eternal imp.
1: Helming. She's gonna hang out there with a, you know, with a buckaroo bonsai, and she's gonna sing about this episode where we sent her back. Episode, episode fifty nine. It's about the warlock. It is to doo. Anyway, I think the Hail Ming button is broken. <clears throat> so I'm going to move on to my next reason to watch. And that is uh, a, a little, little back and forth between Cassandra with a K and Giles Redfern, where they are talking about uh, how the warlock came back and defiled some furniture in their apartment to get the first section of the three sections of the Grand Grimoire. And uh, it goes a little something like this. The altar table, he broke it.
2: Yeah, he broke it.
1: He broke it. That's a shame. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was an earlier mention of, you know, how the couch was 100 years old, so we shouldn't put the vagabond who came through the window on it. Um, yeah, They try to throw some uh, some illusions in there, and I appreciate it, but sometimes they just aren't necessary.
2: Which i got to say quickly, I did really enjoy that scene because uh, they find uh, the warlock, crash through their window he's unconscious they don't know who this guy is and cassandra's saying oh well let's just dump him on the porch and her roommate's like no we have to have some compassion they pick him up and she starts moving him to the couch and he immediately says no don't put him on the couch the couch is 100 years old
1: compassion goes out the window when antiques are involved it's true (laughs) well you know that that's what annie lennox says annie lennox in that song uh don't
0: episode (laughs) 15
1: no no not the other one the uh uh, leave my antiques alone yeah we love you annie (laughs) oh we really do i without any lennox i i would have nothing she's actually my patron my next reason to watch the warlock is the unbaptized child i think anybody who watches this movie is going to remember this there's a portion where he uh has left this whole thing he's in pursuit of the other parts of the grimoire, and he runs into a child who's playing uh, in the desert. He's living in a trailer park there, and he runs into the the warlock who he has a little conversation with, and uh, and the warlock determines that he is unbaptized, and that becomes important in just a little while. Um, But the conversation between them goes something like this. Don't you
2: watch football?
1: Whence comes it? Huh? The music. Oh, there's a church over there. And how is it you're not there? Oh, I never go. My dad hates all that stuff about Jesus and the twelve apostrophes. Ah, I intercepted. Your turn. How come you're not there? Church? Yeah, it's Sunday.
0: No witch can set foot on church ground.
1: You're telling me you're a witch? You ain't no witch. Witches are girls.
0: Some are men.
1: Yeah? So where's your broomstick? Witches fly on broomsticks. Didn't you never see the Wizard of Oz?
0: I need no broomstick to fly.
1: Yeah? So what do you need? <laughs>
2: It really is a very creepy scene. He, I gotta give props to Julian Sands, because he plays creepy really well in this movie.
1: Yeah, again, he's, he's like the candy-coated monster. Like, he, he, he can bring you in with his smile, and then by the time you realize that he's really a sinister uh, creature, it's kinda too late, and that's what happens with this kid. Um, very soon after, um, you know, Giles finds out what happened, they, they stumble across this whole thing, and, uh, and he says, you know, we'll have to move faster now because he's got the, uh, the fat of an unborn child. Uh, and he can use that to make flying potion, which kind of is unfortunate for the movie. Because from this point on, uh, he looks even more like one of the uh, villains from Krypton in Superman 2 flying around. And the flying goes from weird to weirder every time I see it. It's like sometimes he's flying high. Sometimes he's just kind of on wires. Sometimes he's flying real, like, two feet from the ground. It's just bizarre looking. But, uh, you know, because of, of this, I've got a I've got a line from Mark who said this while I was watching the movie. He said, Warlock drinking human flesh out of a tin can he just lit on fire. That's about the most badass thing he does in the whole movie, and I have to agree.
2: It don't get much better than that, for people. I... You gotta say. <laughs> so, how about at this point we take a little break, and then we
1: come right on back. Are you hunting, a damned sorcerer? Is the taint the devil about him? Need a weapon to stop him dead in his tracks? Anxious to know what weapon gets the Jail's Redfern seal of approval? Mennonite weather veins. Forty pound of twisted metal, spiraling round to a fine point. Perfect for skewering a foul devil spawn, doing his Peter Pan impression. They come in black, and black. Remember, Mennonite weather vanes always hit their mark.
2: there, people. This is Wilfred Brimley on Hail Ming Power Hour, and I'm here to talk to you about a reason to watch Warlock, Convenient Diabetes. When you have a character that has diabetes and uses that to foil the plans of the evil warlock, make sure that she actually has it and it's not just convenient for a movie. Because this woman doesn't ever eat but takes insulin. That's convenient
1: diabetes for you. Oh, all right. And the next reason is obviously convenient diabetes.
2: I'm sorry. I'm not sure how Wilford got in
1: here. We'll, we'll get him out. He just wanders around sometimes. He's he's all right. Diabetes. Get out of here. We're trying to record. Jesus. Ah! Okay, you're right. (laughs) So, moving forward, I think that it's time to get into the epic movie moment, which will cover a large swath of the movie in the middle, which is action packed and interesting, uh, but we can cover it all super fast like this. in this epic movie, what do you do when the cream curdles? And the horse sweats. And a hex mark is on the barn. And the witch compass is wired up. Bread doesn't rise. Amish? Now a Mennonite. Nail up the loft. Pennies under your lip. We're going in. Now it's time to flush out the witch. From the attic. Stab him good. Get thrown out. Javelin weather vane. Hex on the old man's eyes. Nailing the warlock's footprints. And his pretty head. Ending with a 60-year-old marathon. After a train for a charm bracelet. Hammer that bastard. And that, in a nutshell, was the epic movie moment. like how he draws at the end of that moment yeah me too thank you John we appreciate you (laughs) yeah so you know as we just said you know that that was a jumble of things Uh, one of the other things that people always mention when I bring up warlock is the hammer and nail to the to his footprints there's a part where the warlock uh, is barefoot and he's running away after almost being captured he leaves these footprints in the sand and Giles tells her he says take this hammer and nails and nail into the footprints you see and when she does, uh, the warlock feels it in his feet. And it's uh, it's pretty cool. It's just a neat thing.
2: That really is an awesome scene. And it shows that there are rules among rules that they have to follow because when she starts nailing the, the footprint and he's feeling the pain, he rips up this board and places his feet on the, the wooden board. So when she then nails the board, he can't feel the pain anymore. So it's like yeah there are rules to this magic but there are rules to counter those rules as well
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it's neat and and again like also the the mennonite is there and he draws the hex mark on the barn because he sees the signs of the the cream curdles overnight and uh and the horse sweats and the flames uh are a blue glow and these things appear throughout the movie and by the time the, third of the, the last third of the movie comes in, you see a, a scene where somebody's scream has gone bad in the background, and then somebody's uh, cigarette lighter, you know, is a blue flame, and you know, as the viewer, exactly what's going on. It's pretty cool.
2: I would have to say uh, another reason to watch this movie was one leading into the epic movie moment where uh, they've tracked down the witch, the old... Mennonite uh, grandfather, who was awesome character, is another reason to watch the movie. Just throwing it out there. Uh, he put a witch mark on the barn so people, so that he knows that there's a curse there. And Giles Redfern and Cassandra, they go to this barn and they rush in with bravado at say, at the top of their lo- <laughs> top of his lungs. Well, we'll just play the clip for you here.
0: Well, would you look at this? Yeah. Bread didn't rise. Brown, but it didn't rise. Must have forgotten. Tell me your woes! You are bewitched. Who are you? The hex mark. Is it yours or is it not? Hex mark? I haven't seen a hex mark in 30 years. The mark is mine. Amish? Mennonite. And we are bewitched.
2: I love that because he's like a a barbarian therapist that just kicks down the door. Tell me your woes.
1: And I also want to mention that uh, when Giles Redfern, as in the epic movie moment was mentioned, gets thrown out of an upper window after, you know, clashing with the warlock, uh, both Mark and I thought the same thing as he fell into a uh, patch of cabbage. We thought, oh, not on cauliflower! <laughs> which means we both have, you know, Police Academy 2 on the brain, which is always a good thing.
2: So the next reason to watch this one, bat stabbing. There's a scene where Giles is in the uh, the attic of the uh, Mennonites, uh, Mennonites farmhouse. He's uh, looking for the warlock. A bat flies out of the darkness, and most people get really scared when this happens. But no, G- Giles Redfern doesn't get scared. He just throws a knife and kills a bat in midair with it. You don't sneak up on Giles.
1: And, you know, as, a, as an aside to that, um, that bat actually was, um, was lent to the movie by Fright Night, and it was uh, Jerry Dandridge. Rest in peace, Jerry Dandridge. Hail Ming. Rest in peace, Jerry Dandridge. See my voice is all is all it's all broken up because when you lend a vampire to a set about a movie about witches and the vampire gets killed, it's sad.
2: Welcome to Warlock
1: for real. Episode 59. Hail Ming. <laughs> Alright, so my next reason. As I mentioned before, uh, these, these, um, these things that happen, these occurrences that point out that there is going to be a werewolf, or er, werewolf, <laughs> 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 that there is going to be a warlock nearby, or a witch, some kind of demonic black magic. Uh, by this point, you're familiar with it. They hop a plane to get to Boston to try and head it off, to go to the church that originally had the Grand Grimoire, and when they get onto the plane, you know, somebody in the background is putting some cream in their coffee, and they're smelling the cream like it's bad. And then, uh, and then he looks around again. You know, you're seeing it kind of through Giles's eyes. And somebody else is lighting a cigarette because that's Jew in airplanes in 1989 or 91, whichever it is. And uh, you know, he takes a puff of his cigarette, but his his uh, lighter is all flamed up blue. And he's like, "There's a witch among us." And so they have to kind of look through the the plane looking for the the warlock who's in the the cargo hold. And he's like doing some Disney magic, you know, with his hands. He's got, like, some some, uh, some demonic flame going on. But uh, it's kind of neat, because at that point, you know exactly what that means, and you're right there with him. You also are a witch hunter.
2: What I love is you'd think it wouldn't take that long to search a plane. However, this is no ordinary plane. Not ordinary at all. This is the Hollywood movie plane. Which means it's multi-leveled and has huge space and gigantic bathrooms, at least four or five bathrooms that they have to search, which I personally have never gotten to see one of these planes up close, so it's interesting to see it in the movies. You know who's
1: upstairs in the in the, the planes? Oh, yeah, that was... That Iron was... Man and Moana.
2: Helming. <laughs> no, no, it was actually Santa Claus. Helming
1: Really, the guy who comes down the stairs—he looks dead up like Santa Claus. <laughs> and I think that that goes further into it. You know, the warlock's downstairs, but Santa Claus was upstairs, and who knows where that witch compass would have pointed? I'm just saying. So they're on a they're on a Krampus flight, here, is what you're saying. Krampus flight. Warlock Four. Krampus flight. From the mind that brought you kickboxer in <laughs> Western London. And the Loch Ness Monster is Jack the Ripper, comes... What, 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 what was it? Krampus, Krampus Flight. Flight. <laughs> this time, it ain't no snakes on a plane. <laughs> Krampus Flight. Coming soon to a theater near you in either 1989 or 1991.
2: I have had it with these mother
1: Krampus on this mother... <laughs> plane (laughs) with these mother elves in this mother upstairs on a plane. Upstairs on a plane. The point being this plane has an upstairs and that leads to all kinds of crazy hijinks with elves and Krampuses and Santa Claus and Warlocks and Annie Lennox and uh, and Parker Lewis and Smallville and Big Time.
2: And Bigfoot.
1: And Peter Gabriel. And Batman. And Robin. I, I think we can just move straight to the Hail Ming now. Hail <laughs> Ming. And Doctor Strange shows up. And, you know, then, then they have to determine who's a good witch and who's a bad witch. And, you know, Glenda the good witch is mentioned at one point. So, moving into it, they get to Boston. And they track down the priest at the, uh, at the church where the last place the grimoire was kept was and they ask him just straight up, now tell me is it really going to be you and me forever or am I caught in a hit and run <laughs> and he's like you know what, I-, I know exactly where the grimoire went, it's in this old dusty ledger uh, this old dusty Heath ledger and uh, why do you even need it though and so they give him the lowdown on why they need the grimoire, and it goes a little something like this.
0: Can I ask what your interest is in finding such a book? Our interest lies in stopping those who would see all good falter. It lies in stopping the powers of misrule from coming of age. It lies in finding that damned book and thwarting a vile beast of a man who shall not rest until God himself is thrown down and all of creation becomes Satan's black hell besmeared, farting hole. You asked.
2: Now, just to warn everybody out there, I don't think I can really keep up with Danny right now because he's on a roll, but I'll do my best here. <laughs> um, I would say the next reason to watch this is scene that leads from them uh, talking about uh, talking to the priest to try and figure out where the grimoire is to the next scene of the... Warlock tracking down that same priest and his family in order to extract the information which is there's a very creepy moment in this where he blows in on the devil's wind because apparently that's a thing now the devil's wind (laughs) and the door flies open he's standing there in his ominous glory I guess you could say Kryptonian prison togs. <laughs> um, it knocks over paintings and furniture and stuff and he comes in and says something of, like I will say good evening to you even though it's not warranted and then he picks up their cross and hangs it back on the wall is just like "Ooh, this guy you, you don't want to mess with
1: yeah yeah absolutely and and I I, I didn't mention before that when they first get to Boston uh, Here's a reason. Giles Redfern versus the taxi driver. And uh, their little back and forth goes like this. Let me guess, California, right?
0: How'd you know?
1: Bear to your left.
0: What? It was Boston Common we just now passed. Yeah. And we travel north on Tremont Road. Yeah, we're on Tremont. Then bear west. The church lies
1: not far off. Think I'll keep going this way. Loop around onto Cambridge. Nay, turn here, here. Hey, look, pal, I know this town pretty good. I lived here since 1958.
0: How about you? Don't answer that. Lest you favor throttlings to the ears and face, bear west here. They wonder why we hate the
1: Lakers. Seriously, like what What Mark's saying, this little altercation between the warlock and the priest is just bad news. So the, the priest, you know, is kind of forced to... Uh, to divulge what he knows about where Cassandra and Giles went.
2: Like we were saying earlier about him just being pure evil and pure cruelty, he actually threatens to put a curse on the priest's unborn children and make them born dead and deformed. I mean, that is just... There are places you don't go and that's one (laughs) of them.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like he, He has the priest's wife and he says something about his his kids being born uh, lifeless, cold slugs of tissue or something. Something awful. Just just absolutely terrible. You have no way to, to fault the priest for going along with this because nobody wants that. Uh, so my next reason, after he finds out where they've gone, and they go to Giles Redfern's uh, tomb, actually, is where they end up finding the last piece of the grimoire. It's a good little bit of deduction. Uh, is the showdown. And so it's the showdown in the graveyard when you have a warlock and he wants Jehovah's name. Yeah, so um Christmas, or I mean not Christmas, but showdown in the graveyard is definitely a reason to watch this. Even though it has some really awkward flying sequences because the warlock has to fly because he can't put his feet down on consecrated ground, y'all.
2: That leads into my next reason to watch the movie, which is the big fight scene at the end. Redfern is standing on holy ground, so the warlock cannot cross the the fence and get to him. However, the warlock has Cassandra, and in a uh, little bit of payback, he's actually driving nails into her feet in order to get Giles to come out and give the pages. Again, just cruel, horrible person. And Giles and the warlock face off against each other, and he says to, uh, you'll get the pages if you're able to take them by hand. And the warlock, of course, starts flashing his magic, and he's like, oh, so you're afraid of me, huh?
1: And like, "Uh uh-uh, nobody calls the warlock a chicken. And that's when Giles comes back with, uh, come at me, bro. <laughs> Do you think you can dance with the best of them because I I'm the best dancer of my time.
2: And then there's that scene where Redburn runs at the warlock and the warlock grabs him by the hips and lifts him up in the air and they play "I've had the of my life.
1: And I've never had this thing before <laughs> for a good-looking warlock. With some really fantastic hair, doo digu digu Yeah, uh, I I think that's a different movie, but it seems so right. Somebody does get thrown into the water. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So so uh, showdown at the end, the warlock's awkwardly flying around. Uh, Redfern's like, "Bring it, buddy," and then they they go to toe to toe. And at first, Redfern's like like slamming him in the face. And then uh, the warlock comes back and he's all wrestling him down and, and they all get some licks in. Um, and then Redfern gets thrown into his own grave and the warlock's like, I guess I'm done with y'all. And, and he throws Cassandra into the drink and uh, and then he starts to assemble the grand grimoire because he's got all the pages and he's he's ready to read Annie his name.
2: But just then... Cassandra comes up with her insulin syringes filled with salt water. And as we know, the witches don't like salt. So she uses them to take down the warlock with her convenient diabetes. <laughs> ah! Sorry, uh, Wilfred got back in here. I apologize about that. <laughs> yeah, but he's
1: right about that convenient diabetes because, you know, it hasn't been hurt. It's used for a couple of reasons for old Cassandra. You know, first, she says early on, oh, I don't want to get old. She, she encounters that. And then, you know, her worst fear is realized through the curse of the warlock when she gets old quickly. And the only thing she has to hold her back is, is her dependence on her insulin. You know, what she mentions and how she's a free spirit without her insulin. And she hates to go after the warlock and have responsibilities because these things, just like her insulin, holds her down. And then at the end, she uses the, the syringe to, to, uh, to best the opponent. So in this way, she confronts all of her, her many uh, tribulations in life all at once. And it's kind of heavy-handed. It's kind of a convenient device. But hey, it's warlock, right? I mean, we're not talking about Schindler's List here. It's warlock.
2: And then, at the very end, after the warlock is defeated, Giles Redfern returns back home to his own time because Danny and I showed up in the time machine and gave him a lift. It sounded something like this.
1: You know what you don't want? You don't want Julian Sands chasing after the time machine, because it doesn't move that fast, and he, uh, he's a pretty fast dude. Good thing we threw it into reverse and it went right (laughs) off. Oh man, that was a good time. That was a good time. So anyway, after this uh, whole thing goes down in the graveyard, uh, there's a tender moment between Cassandra with a K and Giles Redfern, where, uh, where... She says goodbye, but, but realizes that she loves him. And he realizes that he can love again after the loss of his, his Mary Ann, who was killed by the warlock off stage somewhere. And, and he disappears before they can have the kiss. Um, and then his epitaph changes to uh, you know, a heartfelt testimony to her that he told someone to engrave before he died uh, so that he could have a long-lasting message. And I don't remember how it went, nor did I write it down. But you get the point. It was nice anyway. (laughs) Yeah, it's Warlock, y'all. I mean, what do you expect? So anyway, Warlock, uh, I think it's time for us to decide whether or not Warlock should be remade. Right, Mark? Sounds good to me.
2: I would have to say Warlock, should it be remade? I would say yes, because, you know, it's got a lot of good things going for it, but nothing other than the performance of Richard E. Grant
1: that can't be improved upon. I agree. I think you got plenty of pretty boys who could play Jillian uh, Sands' character. I, I like him, but he's not replaceable, or he's not irreplaceable. And uh, I think that the story is is solid enough that if they changed some elements because they wanted something different, it wouldn't hurt the story. And the effects in it were n- not bad, but they weren't that great, and they could definitely be improved upon. So I think uh, I think I agree. I think Mark and I both think that Warlock. Could be remade today. So our verdict is um yes, 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 yes. So I think it's rating time. Rating time. I almost forgot. So I'll have to say I give this movie one great big 4 word, name of God, Annie Lennox.
2: Gee, what how do you top that there? Episode, episode, episode 59. So I'm going to give this movie 252 pages of the Grand Grimoire.
1: Otherwise known as Warlock Two: the awakening of the Panama Canal kickboxer.
2: Starring Annie Lennox as God. Nice. <laughs> And Brian Blessed, what do you think of Warlock? Gordon's alive. I don't yeah. know.
1: I don't know how he feels about that. Yeah.
2: Well, um, that's kind of true. I mean, you you didn't expect those people to be alive from the 1600s. So there you go. Gordon's alive. Yeah. Flash Gordon, quarterback, New York Jets. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to agree with what Flash said, which kind of fits into this movie too I don't know what that was but it was pretty sensational
1: <laughs> oh yeah you know, I, I need to mention this yeah after all this is said and done th- the last moment of the movie kind of kind of left me and my, my high school chums with something to talk about because um, Cassandra takes it upon herself to hide the grand grimoire by burying it in these the salt flats you know it, it's surrounded by salt and is covered with salt and in this way she's a uh, and also, you know, you gotta think. Doesn't have a treasure map. There's no, there are no landmarks. It's a big flat thing of salt. Yeah. It's actually not a bad plan. But you know, discuss, consider. But she's kind of uh, Sarah Connor at Connor-esque at the end of this one, kind of like a Terminator. You know, where she's she's kind of become a little smarter, a little better. Confronted her demons.
2: She grew up a lot in this movie, and
1: then reverted back to 20 years old again diabetes <laughs> <laughs> diabetes is not a laughing matter we're just uh, yeah i just threw that in there and it's it's a monkey in the wrench nobody likes that monkeys and wrenches nobody likes it so i think that that's what we've got for warlock you got anything mark uh, i think we'll take a little break
2: here and be right back <laughs> We now take you to the office of Dewey Cheatham and Howe.
1: Mr. Cheatham, there's a Julian Sands here to see you.
2: Hey, thanks Angel, send him right in. (laughs) Julian, my man, look at you, you're looking wonderful. Come on in.
0: How comes it that you have brought me here?
2: Straight to business, I like that. Here's the thing, Julian. I know you had your heart set on being one of the villains in Superman 2. So I was just speaking to Richard Donna.
0: The Grand Grimoire. Here.
2: Now. You know, that's part of the issue I wanted to talk to you about right there. I mean, the whole nickname thing you're doing to the people on the set, calling Richard Donna the Grand Grimoire, calling Margot Kidder, and a lot of the other ladies on the set. Sugar Tush, you know, that just ain't flying. Some are men. I know, and a lot of them are complaining too, especially Gene Hackman. But Julian, babe, that's only part of the issue. Now, physically, you nailed the audition.
0: I need no broomstick to fly.
2: I know, and that's what moved you right along in the process. But, you know, there were some focus groups that were just done. I mean, there was focus group today.
0: And how is it you're not there?
2: It's a good thing I wasn't there, and from what I hear, It's an even better thing that you weren't there. On the upside, the audiences loved Zod, Nan, and Ursa. On the downside, they hated Cedric of the perfect hair.
0: Only the daft believe such a
2: thing. Bottom line is, you're out of the movie.
0: How's this?
2: Sorry, Julian. This decision comes right from the top.
0: Whence comes it?
2: Now. You're out of the movie as of now. They're rewriting the script now to cut you out of it.
0: The pages, Redfern, give them.
2: Up. No, you can't get a look at the script. I'm sorry about it, pal. But hey, it's not the end of the world here, okay? There are other opportunities out there for you. Now, I know Donna was like a mentor to you. Like a father. Geez, really, that's rough.
0: Channel me a spirit.
2: You need a drink. I understand. Here. Yeah. Have a sip of this, and let's go over some other scripts that I have for you here.
0: What you hold for what I hold, a straight swap of goods.
2: I got this one here about spiders. I would ask that we wait. Okay, you're not interested in that one right now. But Julian, babe, listen to me. I've got a great opportunity for you. My efforts,
0: how might they be rewarded?
2: I'll tell you how you'll be rewarded. You can keep the black Superman suit. You can fly in the movie. You get the title role, my man. And you don't even have to wear shoes. There's a lot of people out there that want to get their hands on this script.
0: Others surely. But for that most cunning witch, what for him?
2: See, that's what I like about you. You're a go-getter, you say the word, I make a call, and then you, Julian Sands, get the title role of Warlock.
0: It shall be me.
2: There you go. I'll go ahead and we'll get this set up right away for you. This is going to be even bigger than Superman 2. Trust me, I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I'm happy you're happy. And you know what? I'll just keep the spider script in my
1: top drawer here, you know, just in case. You never know. We are so glad that you spent this time with us this week, and we hope that we have given you everything to enjoy from our podcast. We are humbled that we have people who follow the little silly things we do from week to week, and we hope that it is worth your time and something you continue to enjoy. While you're here, make sure you check out other legion podcast podcasters check out hail ming power hour
2: on soundcloud and legion podcasts and if you have any comments or ideas put them on the facebook page
1: yeah i think i'm gonna uh, i've got a t-shirt maker that i'm gonna throw out the t-shirt design to and maybe we'll start selling those again if there's interest in that just let us know and we can uh, we can get that put together i'm pretty sure um Also, you know, just in the future, let us know if there's anything we can do differently. Like Mark said, we love you. We do the show for you. And we're glad to do anything that will make it a better experience for you. So
2: for the Hail Ming Power Hour,
1: I'm Mark. And I'm Danny. And we'll see you at the movies. Well, it's all over. And what did we learn from the Warlock? What did we learn from the Beastmaster? What did we learn from He-Man? We learned that when you meddle with time and you bring a hero from the past to the future, they're going to meet someone, someone special, and together they're going to overcome the evils of the day to save everyone. So remember, everybody, keep close to each other, help each other out, and actions speak louder than catchphrases. Good night. comes in. Huh? The music. Oh, there's a church over there. I put a spell on you
0: Because you're mine You better stop the things you do Tormentum. A decade twice a decade.
1: What are you called? It's a little late for introductions, ain't it?
0: Your name.
1: Cassandra with a K.
0: Then hear me well, Cassandra with a key. The warlock holds two parts of the book. This much he confessed. Know you what happened should he gain all three? I don't want to know. I don't. Hidden within that book is the name of God. The lost name of God.
1: Lost name of God. I don't want
0: to. It is the name invoked during creation. which is charge that should this name, this true name of God, be uttered back to front. I'm not Should this it. name blah, blah, be uttered in blah, blah, reverse, blah, blah, all blah, blah, creation blah, blah, will undo. It reverse. Blah,
1: blah, blah, blah. Will uncreate? Is that what you're telling me? The whole world. All
0: just... worlds. Cassandra? All. You know, I love you. I love you. I love you. scares the crap out of me. I love you. And he knows it. I'll not let him harm you. Shall she live, or shall she join sweet Marion in the hereafter? Take them pages. Because you're mine. <laughs> because you're mine. Take them by hand. Out of No spells, no flying, no magic. Take them if you're evil.